opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy, as we always do, and grace to help us in time of need. Father, we thank you that mercy and grace are there at your throne. They're available to us. We just have to know that they're there and receive them. So we thank you, Lord, for all the good things that you're doing through your covenant of mercy in our lives. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Amen. Praise God. You know, in this ministry, we take every opportunity we can to show love. So, you know, people say, well, that ain't no Christian holiday. It is if we say it is. Every day is the Lord's day. Amen. He made every day for us to rejoice and be glad in. So, amen. We can make stuff what we want it to be. Amen. Amen. We have authority. We have dominion. Let's use it for good. Amen. Let's use it for good. Nobody mad about love but the devil. Amen. <laughs> so, praise God. Amen. Praise God. So, God is good. He's greatly to be praised and He's wonderful in all of his ways. All of his dealings are wonderful. There's God's wonder in everything that he touches. That's his calling card. Amen. That's his mark. He leaves signs, wonders, and miracles everywhere that he goes. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. The sky talks. Amen. Amen. It says God did this. Amen. Nobody but God did this. So it's his handiwork and it speaks of his greatness and exalts him. So his people should always exalt him too. Amen. So that's what we do. We come to gather together to worship and exalt the Lord. Let this be a place where he is free to dwell and free to do what he wants to do among us and he always does us good he's always here to help us and to do us good and and that's what we have to keep in mind that god being a good god his calling card is good he leaves a trail of goodness everywhere that he goes amen every place that he touches leaves a trail of goodness amen and mercy so he's good to those that love him and those that don't amen I know. See, and that's why he expects us to do the same thing. We think we can only uh, love people that love us. Well, that's what sinners do. So we got a higher calling than that. So God expects us to love everybody just like we were are loved. Amen. We're loved no matter what kind of day we have. Amen. You get up on the right side of the bed, you're loved. You get up on the wrong side of the bed, you're still loved. Amen. Amen. He loves you with your hair standing up on your head, but it's smoothed down with Gorilla Glue. (laughs) (laughs) He loves her too. (laughs) Amen. So praise God. It's all good. So yesterday we were talking about the blissful life. I just kind of like that word for some reason. Uh, You know, uh, Moffat's translation, instead of saying blessed, he uses bliss. And I thought, well, that's a higher blessing than what I was thinking about. You know, we throw that term around, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, you know. Even with a scowl on your face, you're blessed and highly favored. But still, you know, I'm not judging nobody. But uh, we need to know that we have a a 
God who keeps covenant and mercy. Amen. In 1 Kings 8, why don't we just read that and get ourselves started off. Get on the good foot. <laughs> 1 Kings. And I think it's 1 Kings 8. And verse 23, it says here, in 22, Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or in the earth beneath who keeps covenant and mercy with your servants that walk before you with all of their heart. And so this is something that we we need to understand about God. As long as we do our part, walk before him, love him, worship him, he's keeping covenant with us. So you have that one thing to do, and that is to worship God, put him first, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And your neighbor is yourself. You know, don't treat people bad because they're made in God's image. So we have to hold God and his His image in high esteem. And when we do those things, we can trust God to keep covenant in a merciful way. Amen. He, his, his, his heart is toward being good and being merciful and not holding our sins against us. Amen. And so God wants us always to obey him. And in turn, in return, he keeps his end of the covenant and it's full of mercy. Um, his covenant is, uh, his law and, and his law, uh, uh, contains what the rules are. Amen. God has rules that he keeps and he gives us rules to keep as well. And, but even though his law contains things that are forbidden for us, on the mercy side, he forgives us and gives us opportunity to correct our errors. Amen. He always wants, it, it's like if you're, say, a, a good teacher. I can remember having teachers and people will say, oh, they're strict, they're this, they're that. But you learned. Amen. And and that's what God is after. He's after teaching us his ways and giving us opportunities to be successful uh, in, in, in doing things his way and to see that he's a good God, to prove out those things. And so he keeps his, his rules and his laws, but he keeps mercy also. And so when we understand that God is a merciful God, that does not mean that he's just shrugging his shoulders at evil. Amen. Doesn't mean that he's winking at evil at all, but it also means that he looks at the heart. And he knows many times that our hearts are to do good. Amen. There are times when you'll snap and you want to get even with people. Or things happen and you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to reach out to that person anymore because they did this, that, and the other. You know how we get. But then God will come along in a time when you least suspect it and touch your heart. And then you melt. And then you repent. And you say, God, you know what? I'm just being 
silly here. I should really forgive this person like you say and go on in life and go on and prosper in life. And so our, our mercy is given to us so that righteousness can be imputed to us again and we can walk in that righteous, cause that's where your blessings are. Your blessings is in righteousness. That means right thinking, right talking, right believing, right understanding. Amen. Understanding God's word and rightly dividing the word. Getting a good understanding of what God means when he He gives his commands and so forth and so on. And so in that righteousness, it's not righteousness is not like just a state of, I'm so wonderful. You know, it's an activity in your spirit. It's an activity in your soul. It's it's a working on the inside of you so that you can line up perfectly with God. You can be in agreement with him, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Amen? In every part of your being, you can be in agreement with God. And and that's what he's after. He's after us being able to line up perfectly so that he can do all the things that he wants to do for us. It's really for us. You know, he doesn't tell you, thou shalt not do so and so and such and such because he don't want you to have no fun. Amen. He does it so that you can live the blissful life. Amen. So that you can live a higher life than just fun here and there. You know, and, and, uh, you know, fun sometimes comes at a price. Amen. You have some of these people who are uh, Hunter Biden. You know, not throwing no shade on nobody, but fun comes at a price. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and, and sometimes it's national disgrace. Sometimes it's private embarrassment. Sometimes it's, it's knowing you, you know, sometimes your worst revelation of your, your problems comes to you personally in the secret place where you feel bad about stuff for a long time and wish you hadn't done it. And wish he hadn't, and I pray that for him. You know, I pray, you know, before the Lord that Hunter Biden would get saved. He would repent and serve God and recognize that he is a worthwhile person. You understand what I'm saying? But while you're in the devil's grip, you get the impression that you're not worth anything. Amen? And so many times we, we live in a place of condemnation, of fear, of guilt, and all of those things, and, and God brings righteousness so we can live blissful. Amen. You can know you're okay. You can know that you're blessed. You can expect good all the time and every day. That's why he brings righteousness to us. It's not, you know, for the holier than thou effect, even though we are holier than a lot of people. You understand what I'm saying? Just look around you. That ain't no joke and that ain't no lie. You know, when people say, you think you all that? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Let me quit talking to you. Let me go find me somebody else to talk to. Huh? Seriously. Don't let the devil talk you out of that. Because he wants you to feel low. He wants you to feel like where he lives. Amen? He wants to feel wants you to feel like that's your permanent possession. But God has lifted us up into a place, amen, of total blessedness, 
total peace with him, total comfort in who we are. Amen. We're not constantly beating ourselves up about one thing or another or another. Amen. I, I was thinking about, I, I was, I try to keep myself on, um, a diet. I'll say that. Well, y'all know I've been working on this for what, 40 years? I'm still working on it. Amen. If anybody asks you, I'm working on it. Huh? And I notice that sometimes I'll have something I shouldn't, well, you know, a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. And I'll get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And the devil said, now look at you. You sat up and drank all that stuff. You ain't got no business. You know? I said, come on now. I'm walking up sleep, halfway sleep, and you still up haunting me? Amen? Want to go back over your whole day's calorie uh intake? Ain't nobody, you know, positioned him as Jenny Craig in my life. Ain't nobody thinking about him. I said, wait till tomorrow, devil. I'm going to cheat again, probably. Huh? <laughs> he is a liar. But but he will take whatever opportunity he can, folks, to condemn us, to bring us down, to make us small, to take the bliss out of our lives. Amen. To make us forget or try to get us to forget that God has given us so much and he's put us in a state of perpetual bliss and perpetual blessedness. We can count on the blessings of God. Just, and I'm not talking about strictly material, but there are some times where you need to be encouraged. You need to be lifted up. You need to be told you're okay. You need to be told you've excelled in certain things. Um, this is the life he, he wants us to live. And he wants us to pay attention to the inner things. Amen. See, we'll only get this understanding of the life he has for us if we're more attentive to the inner than the outer. Because the outer is perishing. And and the way you prove that to yourself is the minute you get one outer blessing, you're looking for another one. Uh, because they slip away so quickly. Or they fade in their value to us. You know, it's like the parents who work hard all year and they... Saving the Christmas fund and, you know, got to put some money away for the kids for Christmas. You know, you don't want to disappoint them. And you spend all that money and buy all that stuff and they tear it open. And by the end of the Christmas day, half the toys are broken. Or you don't know where they are. And what happened to that big bike I gave you? I don't know. It's so big you couldn't even get it under the tree and they have lost it already. Man. That's that's the perishing of the outer things. The things that that are of this earth are fading away. They're perishing. Amen. They perish with the using. You know, you just get some money that you are not used to in your bank and see how fast you run around spending it. Amen. People have it. We have it spent before it comes. Tax return. That's spent like when you file last year's taxes. You, you spend in this year's already. Amen. So God can't be real focused on that kind of stuff. He's focusing on the imperishable things. Amen. The things that are really going to be lasting and do you some real good. Amen. If, if you understand faith 
and you understand how to get your needs met by faith, you're the richest person on earth. You really are. Because you're, and see, I'll tell you one advantage that you have, and, and I always encourage people, when you're in a, a church or a ministry that allows you to pray, assigns you to pray, and teaches you to pray, understand that you have an advantage over somebody who's not in that kind of an atmosphere. See, nobody in here lives in lack. Because you pray for your own needs regularly. And so your faith is high in expectation for not only your needs. If if you can expect others' needs to be met, you already are expecting yours. You know, I used to hear people say crazy stuff like, I don't know why, I don't never get what I ask for, I pray for other people. You're a liar. If you're praying for somebody and their needs are getting met, yours are getting met too. If if that don't happen, there's something wrong with your God. Because faith is faith. And God rewards. Even if you don't have sense enough to ask for it, he rewards anyway. Come on. You don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. He's going to not answer your prayer and he's answering to you praying for everybody else and they getting answers. That's nonsense. He's not like that. But see, when you live in a, in an atmosphere where prayer is, is frequent, continual, consistent, you live in a higher place. See, you live in the bliss of the intercessor's life of answer prayer. Amen. So you should be the most carefree person you know because you can always expect good you live in constant expectation if you live in the spirit of intercession you live in constant expectation intercessors don't pray in vain you don't pray the word for no result so you're always looking for something when you come in and you grab the same prayers over and over again you look down those names and you think oh this person got that this one got that this one got that that one got that because you expect, you don't look at it and say, I don't know when this is going to happen. So you live in a place of privilege, to be honest with you. 99% of churches do not pray. They do not teach their people to pray. So you can expect good all the time. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'll just go to church, and I know when I get there, I'll get hands laid on me, and I'll feel better. Most people don't have that. I mean, I don't care how much you give and tithe into something that's not serving you. You're not going to get served. If it ain't there, it ain't there. Now, I'm not saying don't give. But understand how to get somewhere where God can meet your needs. And what a privilege that is to be in a place where your needs are met. And that's not, that's not because of me. That's because we obey God around here. You understand? We're doing what he commanded us to do many, many years ago. So don't ever play that cheap, you know? Uh, and don't ever think that, that it won't leave you if you leave it. You understand what I'm saying? 
you know, that sometimes people walk away from here and they, they steal our blessing and they think, oh yeah, it don't make no difference. I can go anywhere. And they go to the next place and get kicked out. See, in an atmosphere of love, you're loved. In an atmosphere of performance, you have to perform. See, that's a reason to appreciate blessing. You know, I say that to tell you that God has called you to an atmosphere where you can expect blessing all the time. If you're in a doubtful place, you can't expect much. That's why many people go for years unchanged. No prayers get answered or it takes forever almost just to get on their feet so that they can believe God for certain things. You know, in an atmosphere where there's prayer, that's almost automatic. I don't see nobody in here waiting for months to get enough faith and figure out on your own how to get your bills paid. But the majority of the body of Christ is like that. They're still struggling to figure out. And then the ones that have bills paid really aren't doing it by faith. They're just doing it by natural means just because they have enough money, they have a good job, they have this, they have that. So you're in a blessed atmosphere. Now I must tell you that, and I'm, let me tell you again, it's not because of me. I just was fortunate enough to learn how to obey God. And not quit. Amen? And not look for reasons to quit or to slow down or to slack off or any of that kind of nonsense. Amen? So I'm, I'm committed, folks. I'm committed. So, and, and, and it is good to commit to things that really bless your life. Amen. And, and understand the level of commitment that it takes to get the maximum out of the atmosphere that God calls you to. Amen. You know, you can, you can sow unlimited in the right kind of atmosphere and get unlimited whatever you need from God. See, it's up to you to determine what you what your return is and how you live in an atmosphere of bliss and blessedness you determine how you want to partner with god for the things that you desire in your life and there's no limit on it amen or as if, if some places that you know the uh, you know i've heard pastors say well one day you'll be able to get what we get when did he, your pastor get to be the standard? I hope you get a whole lot more. And I don't even know what I got. You understand what I'm saying? I got Jesus. That's the best thing in my life. And I want to live more in the spirit than I do in the natural. You know, I mean, seriously, folks, let's get beyond the sight realm and the taste touch in all that realm let's get beyond that and and go where god is go into the depths of god go into the things of the spirit and that's where the blessed life is folks the blessings are 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 numerous too numerous to mention 
And they start in your spirit first. Amen. So this covenant that we have with God cannot be revoked. He won't take you out of it. Bad behavior won't get you out. Because if that was true, you never would have got in. Because you had your worst behavior before you got saved. And while you were sinners, he died for you. While you were his enemy, he gave his life for you. So he plucked us out when we were bad. Now that we've got his goodness in us, he sure enough won't throw you out. Amen. So he's, we're not ready for the scrap heap. I don't care how many mistakes you make in serving God. You get, if you want to live a life of do-overs, keep doing over until you get it right. And we have that because the Holy Spirit is our helper. He dwells in us to help us. He lives in us to help us. His supreme desire is to help us and to strengthen us. Amen. Sometimes you'll, you'll be thinking, I, I should have done this or I should have done that. And, and the Holy Spirit will say, well, you can still do it. Come on, girl, get up from there and, and start doing what you know to do. Amen. So he's your second wind. He's your helper. He's your your uh standby. He's the one you lean on. Amen. And you lean into his wisdom. You lean, lean into his enthusiasm, his energy, his strength, his motivation. Talk about a motivational coach. Huh? He's our helper to keep our faith in God. He'll tell you, uh-uh, you can't give up. There's nothing to give up about today. Let's keep going. Let's do this. This is doable. And when we get off wrong, he tells us, uh-uh, you can't do that now. You know you got to straighten up over here. Get this, get this right now because you can do this. It's always with the open door that repentance is available confession is available righteousness is still there for you just get up out of your 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 mess that you're sitting in and turn back to god again and we can get this straightened out so we can let the blessings continue in our lives if we'll continue to repent turn back get get out of the mindset a failure, fear, doubt, or whatever it is, and turn your mind around back toward God. Change your thoughts. Change how you think about yourself, especially if your thinking's not right. And most of us still have some wrong thinking. You know, when you when you make a mistake, that wrong thinking gets triggered, and then that whole long song of you ain't doing nothing right and you came to look at you you done messed up again all that kind of stuff comes singing through your thought life and and the best thing to do is is go to god right away and confess and say god i'm sorry i did i messed that up i'm can please forgive me and help me and then the, the holy spirit begins to sing songs of deliverance to you he began to talk to you and and tell you that he'll speak the word to you you are well able to do this. God has given you. See, this is soul ministry. That blessed life is a life where you get continual ministry to your soul that God is good. 
You don't have to fight your own mental battles. You just meditate on the word and let the word take over and begin to build you up and show you who you are. Show you what you're able to do. Show you. Never limit that soul ministry to just what you want. I'm going to say it again. Never limit soul ministry to just what you want. Because God has possibilities for you you never even heard of before. Your your world is very small when you only think about the things you desire. You've got to let the ministry to your soul expand your vision to God's vision about who you are. See? And that's that's the life of bliss. You know, sometimes you can walk around with this grin on your face, plastered on there, because you've been talking to the Lord and to the little things that he tells you between you and him. I mean, you know, like put put aside your busyness and all of the stuff you do. Just drop that. You know, like maybe for, if, if you can't take like a, a, half a day take an hour at a time and just commune with God and fellowship with God and let him show you where he wants to take you show you things you haven't seen before show you things that you you never knew existed before show you ways to to bring joy and happiness into your heart you never thought you even wanted to feel joyful about those things Quit talking about what you don't like and you ain't going to do. And you ain't going to, you know, you don't want to be a part. I ain't going to do Huh? <laughs> the scorner causes all the trouble in the church. Amen. Scornful people cause all the trouble. Because they're not going anywhere. They don't want you to go anywhere either. But just allow God one time to just show you some things. Say, God, just show me something that I've never seen before. Help me to understand you. And understand what you have for me and what you want to do in my life. What can I help somebody else with that's struggling? And that may not know you and all that kind of stuff. Just commune with him over spiritual things. And and you'll... Walk around looking like a drunk person. You'll have this crazy grin on your face all day long. People wonder what you're grinning about. Well, the the bliss of God shows on our countenance. Amen. It shows on your face where you've been, what you've been doing. My mama could tell what we did, and she didn't even have she. What you've been doing, girl? I know you've been. What? 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 And before you know it, you confessed to stealing the drapes and burning them up and beating up the neighbors and everything, you know. Because it it shows on your countenance. Your inner your inner life shows on the outer. And God likes it like that. He likes it when people know that they that you've spent time with him, that he's in your heart, that opens the door for for your witness for him. Just this this blessed life that we have of righteousness, of no consciousness of sin and wrongdoing, no desire to cover up our faults 
or lie about things or leave, live in a pretense life. Amen. It's all open and honest and, and there's no shame. There's no, uh, withdrawing from people because of you don't think you fit in or you wonder and all that kind of, there's nothing there. The one thing you do know is you're here by assignment. God assigned you to everything in your life. And you live a life so far above, you know, where you used to live or the average person lives. The life in the spirit is so far above anything that we could have in the natural. Yet it has the power to command natural blessings into your life. So you can live a life of simplicity, a life that's not complicated, and still have the power and authority to command every single need that you have met in abundance. And you don't have to have it all sitting up looking at you all the time. See, I feel sorry for for people who have gotten themselves into that trap. And, And it is a trap. It's a trap of of thinking that high spiritual life is always reflected in your natural surroundings. You got me? See, it's a trap that, that you know, churches are in, preachers are in. And and they want to have have a witness that I think God, you know, it, it's, it's like, I look at people like Mother Teresa, uh, she lived a life of, of chosen poverty. See, she chose not to have a lot of material things in the natural. That was her vow before God. So it ain't none our business. But you hear faith preachers condemn her. Because she chooses to live a life simple without a lot of material. But she couldn't, when she died, she had a list of invitations that most faith preachers would die to get. See, they're dying to get an invitation by King somebody or, huh? Or, you know, that's why they put it on their resumes. You know, if they've ministered to so, they don't put on there they ministered to the little flock. They always got to put who they ministered to that's a so-called important person in the world. So they would die to have her invitation list that she left. She couldn't get to all the invitations she ever had. She was at the White House, I don't know how many times, and still had invitations to come back. And she told everybody off sitting up there. (laughs) She told them abortion was wrong. She said, quit killing babies in this nation. If you don't want them, send them to me. And they loved her. She didn't have to give a seeker-friendly talk. Now, how was she able to do that? She lived a blissful life. See, she lived so far above those wealthy people who are always begging her to come. She had to drop down a few levels to 
come visit them. <laughs> huh? Because she lived a life of peace between her totally devoted to God. She would get people who had maggots on their bodies because of sores that wouldn't heal and they were dying from them. And she would teach, instruct the nuns that were under her, um, under her, uh, uh, supervision. She said, you have an opportunity here to touch Jesus. Nobody held their nose. And for the most part, she got a response of joy. And they all experienced. They said, you know, when I was washing that person's womb, she said, I kept seeing where if she said, when, when I got down to his foot, I saw a, a nail scar in the, you understand? So that's a place we most of us don't live. Yeah, I confess, I don't live there. I'd love to live there. You understand what I'm saying? Because this world is passing away, folks. We can't just sit and talk about material wealth in the church anymore and walk past the person, the homeless person, and don't even want to stop and, you know, roll the windows up, lock all the, you know, and sometimes you do it because it's safety for you, but there has to be something registered in us at some point to pass this blessedness on to somebody else. You got me? It, it's got it's got to register with us at some point who we really are. So this is not a life of things. It's a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a life dedicated to be Christ in the earth. And, and just understand that he'll supply all your needs in abundance. Amen? Uh, there's nothing he won't give us that we desire. And ex- expect. Keep your expectors out. Keep your faith active. Let God continually supply to you. Because many times his supply that comes to you is designated for somebody else anyway. You know, there's always abundance. Why? So we can be blessed and be a blessing. Amen. It's We never are one without the other. God didn't say he just bless us. He said you are blessed and you will be a blessing. Amen. So really in order to stay blessed, you got to bless somebody. Because that's part of that, that cycle of blessing. Amen. So the blessings continue in our lives through righteousness. Just walking with God, staying close to God. We said that the righteousness of God shows on our countenance. We are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. We are not to be hid, but he causes our light to shine. It's him that causes the light to shine. So we are an open witness to the goodness of God. When we are are happy and full of joy, it is because of the knowledge of, of God. And the fruit of the Spirit is readily available, it resides in us, and we yield to it as we have need. You yield to peace, especially when there's turmoil in the earth. If you get caught up in that, you'll lose your focus, you lose your peace. 
So your peace is to be maintained, especially when there's turmoil in the world. Amen? I know when we first started with this this so-called COVID lockdown, whatever we locking down about now, I don't really know, but, you know, people are still locked down. You do things for the good of all, but God told me, he said, I want you to keep the people well. So that's why we've had healing schools every time we get together. Amen. And, and I'll continue to do that. But, but there are certain things that are necessary. He didn't say, I want you to, to, to keep them prosperous because he'll do that as you're well. So you got to put first things first. You fight the enemy that's at the gate. Amen. If you're not healthy, your pocket ain't going to matter anyway. Amen. <laughs> so you won't get that first. When you're healthy, the wealth comes. Amen. You can work. You can believe God to keep your job, keep your finances, whatever you need to believe him for, you can do that. Amen. So, so we grow when we're, when we're blessed and we're happy. It's because of the knowledge of God that's in us that generates the fruit of the spirit to be active in us. Many times, you know, you, you get angry about your circumstances, but, but the fruit of the spirit puts that cloak of meekness on you where you don't have to act out in anger. You don't have to get overboard or anything like that. And so you're maintained. Your, your righteousness is maintained by the Holy Spirit. He keeps you in the fruit. That's what you live off of. You know, it's, it's not the fruit of the flesh. It's the fruit of the spirit. That we live out of. We know that our sins are forgiven. When you live in righteousness. You have a sense that you don't have any debt. You don't have any worries. You don't have any woes. You have bliss. Amen. Just know that God's for me. I'm for him. It's all good. I'm very content. Amen. So we have promises to cover all areas of need. Amen. And and we're not alone in obtaining what we need. Don't ever think it's up to you to believe hard enough, to confess hard enough, to work hard enough, to get blessed. It's there for you. Amen. It's there for you. Amen. God will never leave us or forsake us. There's um uh he gives us special help in our weakness. Amen. And this is something that we have to get accustomed to is crying out to God when we're fearful, when we're weak, when we're indecisive, we can't figure out which way to go. Just crying out to him, God, I got another need here. I thought, I thought that was an open door to go in and possess what was mine. But the door's not working. See, it's not coming forth. I've gone through the open door. I've gone through by faith. But there's still a glitch there. So instead of staying at that place of of not being able to pursue and not going forth, cry out to the Holy Spirit for more. Give me more instruction, more revelation, more strength, patience to stand at this door until it flies open. You see what I'm saying? So there's a desire and a need for him at every juncture, at every step. Why? Because he's our helper. 
And he lets us know we need help. I don't care how many times you've been through this process of praying, believing, and getting. There's always more help that we need. See, you can get overconfident in your own little history and your own little steps and formulas. And so God will send something to challenge you to depend on him again. He sees you getting too comfortable moving out in your own. Something will happen to challenge that. And you'll look back and say, God, I should have asked you. I've been standing here puzzled and confused and not knowing. I just got to ask you for the next, you know, give me the, 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 uh, axe to chop the door down or <laughs> give me <laughs> give me the key the other key on the lock to twist it again and give it another turn and make sure that that door opens and so he fixes it so that we need him continually can't just run off and say i got this and you know, I, you know this is something easy for me i do this all the time no 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 he wants us to depend on him He wants us to need him. Amen. This is not of your works at all. And God's not going to let you get any glory for for the things that he's doing for you. Amen. So he wants us to have all of these things. But he wants us to also recognize that weakness is not an issue. Our weakness is never a problem. If we'll, if we will obey God and know He's there and know that there is something He's going to do to strengthen us, our weakness is never a problem. Amen. So our covenant is not dependent on us, but dependent on God. It's not you dependent, it's God dependent. Amen. So that makes it not of works. Amen. God looks at the heart. This is something that often we cannot see. Often we cannot see it in ourselves. We have to examine ourselves and say, God, you know, what's going on with me here? You know, why am I not feeling, feeling this the way I should? Or why is it that this thing kind of tends to go on and on and on with no change? Or, you know, no resolution. And God will drop something on you that's just miraculous. He'll give you understanding. Amen. Sometimes we don't need to see things change around us. We just need to learn how to get them to the place where they don't affect us or bother us. And that's not giving up. And that's not uh, failure by any means. But sometimes that's just wisdom just to let god have it i mean for real though and allow him to make the changes and don't let us be the one who's inspecting everything to make sure god does his job you got me some situations are just kind of like uh you know they're watershed they don't change very quickly and they don't change very easily but if you really let God have them and show that you trust him, you won't have to let it affect your life. It won't get inside you and wreck you and and get you get you bound up. You know, I remember living at home with my parents. I was I seemed always to be discouraged, depressed and anxious 
I mean, even growing up as a kid, you know, and, and, you know, prophetic kids are sensitive, you know, they pick up everything. And, you know, a lot of times you got one of them in your family. You know what I'm saying? It's somebody that's, you know, the drama king or queen. And they, they survive and they live, but they're, they just pick up things, you know, a little more. And I can remember always feeling like, I would have to be responsible for them for some reason. And it burdened me a lot. And See, when kids are small, they're not able to handle adult responsibility. So they'll grow up nervous and anxious and depressed and, you know, all of those things. Some of them battle it off and on for years. But I can remember when I did finally leave home and I looked back and my parents got along fine. I'm thinking, what a, wait a minute, hold it, stop. And it was really not so much a matter of whether they changed or not, but it was distance. See, when you give things to God, you distance yourself from the problem, from the effects of the problem on you. And you can live a blessed life. See, that's why he says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. And see, it was not knowing, oh, I know God, but not knowing that there was, it was possible to live with parents that I thought weren't real swift about a lot of stuff. You know, they had a lot of problems and you saw them all the time kind of thing. And, and, and really live in a place where I was mentally at peace. See, I thought if you didn't, didn't, weren't all worked up about something meant you didn't care. See? So the devil perverts that. But you used to care, but you gave it over to the caretaker. You get smart enough to cast your cares on God because he cares for you. And you'll be able to rise above all of that stuff and it not really be a bother to you. Amen? I can remember toward the end of my mother's life, we were very concerned that my dad couldn't take care of her. I went over there one time, and it was the middle of the day, and they were both in bed. And I walked by the door. I said, what y'all doing in the bed? And she said, oh, I'm sick of him. Get him away from me. <laughs> Fighting. And he said, she punched me in my stomach. I said, oh, right. Like, I'm going to jump in the midst of this. I just kept walking by the door and... They lived happily ever after. You understand me? <laughs> he took care of her as best he could until she went home to be with the Lord. See? And all those years of me sweating and, you know, being neurotic and thinking the world's going to come to an end, God was taking care of them all along. I didn't have enough God in me to know it. Sometimes you need to get more God in you to rise above these I call them watershed. They don't change. Sometimes the way parents interact ain't going to change. The way family members interact ain't going to change. You know, if, if and whether it changes or not, it's not your business and it's not your problem. Amen? You just cast your cares on God because he cares for you. Amen? If you're a parent, believe that your kids are going to serve God. And they will. Amen? It didn't say when, how, how much, <laughs> or, you know, whether you'd approve of it or not. 
but just believe that they will and take some of the stress off your life. So this life of bliss is, is one that allows us to live in high expectation with low uh, visibility. <laughs> you know, sometimes with nothing visible, but your expectations high. Why? Because you're living out of your inner and not out of what you see. And you don't know a person's heart. Sometimes a person is, is trying to trust God the best they can, but, but their inner is all goofed up because they don't have faith and, and they don't really trust and don't know how to get themselves out of the bind that they found themselves in. And so, but we, you and I can't be affected by that to the point where we lose hope or we live confidence, lose confidence. Uh, you know, there's a, a scripture, I think it's in Zechariah. It says, uh, those of you who are prisoners of hope, I will give to you the double. See, just make yourself a prisoner of hope. See, I'm imprisoned by hope. Amen? Because hope is something I must cling to in order for the people that I care about for them to turn out well. Amen? And the things that God's given me to do to turn out well. I'm a prisoner of hope for revival all over the world. Amen. For God to come down and remedy some of the stuff that we've seen in a massive scale. Amen. And so I'm imprisoned by that. I can't lose that hope. Amen. If you lose some of the hope you lose, you you seek to live. So you keep grabbing on to it as a thing that you're looking for to happen. Amen. And live in expectation. That's that's the blessed life, folks, is the expectation. It's the inner understanding, the inner working, the inner man, the inner strength, amen, the things that God's working out on the insides of us, amen. So God looks at the heart, not the outer appearance, and he responds according to our heart condition. The condition of your heart, though, shows on your countenance. We said that it radiates from within. Our our outer countenance depends on our relationship with God who dwells in our hearts. He lives in there. Whether you recognize that you think he's a renter, but he actually owns it. Amen. <laughs> no matter how you treat him, he lives there. Amen. So when our heart is toward God... We have an outer continence that reflects, reflects the life within. Amen. God changes the inner first and then the outer. That's why watching people will make you terribly discouraged from day to day. Amen. Because you don't know what God's doing on the inside. So you might as well live in joy. God, I thank you that you're working on my family on the inside. You're working on my children on the inside. I thank you that their innards are much prettier than their outers. Amen. Amen. You might have one of those kids that don't watch where they're walking. They slip on a banana peel every now and again. God, I thank you that the inner man is stronger than the outer. They slipped on a banana peel, but they're up on their feet again and walking towards you. You understand what I'm saying? You have to believe like that because that's what the word says. That's not wishful thinking. That's Bible. Amen. Bible. So we live in an expectation of good. Amen. Always. Expectancy is very powerful. 
you know, your faith can be, um, uh, dormant or, you know, you can, you can say, I believe I received when I prayed. You're confident, you're peaceful and all of that, but when's it coming? See, expectancy says it's coming and it's coming right away. Amen. So don't ever forget the power of expectancy. And, and when you live in expectancy with God, leave, live expecting all the time. Amen. When, when, um, Peter and, well, Peter and who was it at the gate? Beautiful. Peter, Paul and Mary. No, not them. Peter and John. Okay, cool. Yeah. When they, when they were walking into the temple, they passed that lame man. Now he'd been there forever. They said he was, he was lame from birth. So they probably put him out when he's real young, big, and little kids can get a lot of money, you know, because they're cute and they're helpless. So, so he's probably doing this all his life. And and when they said, "Look on us," he looked expecting. And, but it didn't say he he was expecting something. He wasn't sure what it was, and I'm sure he learned how to keep expectation. On him all the time because he never knew which one of those people were going to respond to him. So that let me know is expectation is something we control. See, it's not like, well, I got to build my faith up so big until I expect it. No, expectancy is something we control. Because if that man could sit there for all of those years, and maybe there were many days he got nothing. But did he look at them with discouragement? And, and, no, he looked at them expecting. So if he can expect, we can expect. We should live in constant expectation of good. And sometimes we'll have to remind ourselves, it's not just some kind of little silly grin plastered on your face. But many times it's your confession. God, I thank you that you're going to send some blessing my way today. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give me something. You're going to let your calling card flop in my mailbox where something good is going to happen to me today. And I don't have to know what it is, but I know when it comes from you, it's going to be right. Amen. It's going to be good. So I thank you for my good. I'm expecting good today. I'm expecting no bills in my mailbox. <laughs> well, uh, well, okay, so no. It ain't magic, amen. So, but, uh, <laughs> what's that look? We have to believe we are magic. Don't you know that song? Alicia, don't be looking at me like that. Why you, why you got that look? You're supposed to have bliss. I'm talking about bliss and she over there like, you know that song. Uh, see, I get that back to you. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, sometimes you gotta believe almost that you're magic, <laughs> that you can change your countenance whenever you want to. Amen. You you gotta believe that. You gotta believe that you don't have to live in the mire of circumstances. Because I'm telling you, for a lot of cir- people, circumstances are very bad right now. They, they don't know, they don't have work. They don't have a job. They don't know where it's coming from. They don't know a lot of things. 
But you don't have to live like that. You can live. If the saints don't expect good, good probably won't ever come. Because if we lock down our faith in circumstances, there, how, how is the sinner going to get anything? How's the sinner going to, how, how are they going to get an overflow of what we can bring in through God's word and through the kingdom? What's going to happen down here? And so we need to understand who we are and understand that blissful life and live it all the time. Amen. So he looks at our heart. We can have expectation of good at all times. We smile because we are fully persuaded that this blessedness and the blessings we desire are a matter of believing only that God is able to perform and we're not. You don't have to have the capability to perform anything, but you got to believe in the one who does. And so when we believe God and we trust God, we believe we are fully persuaded that his promises, he's able to do them. He's able to do the impossible. He's able to cure the incurable. He's able to give a new heart to somebody who has heart trouble. Amen. He's able to give new joints and new, uh, new knees and, and a new bloodstream to anybody who's got leukemia or has got anything that, that is wrong. He's fully able to do those things. Will he do them? Will you believe? That's what he said. It's not about will he do, it's will you. <laughs> huh? It's up to us to believe, to get it in here. And we can believe all things are possible. Even the impossible is possible. Because we're only looking at man's abilities when we think impossibility. We don't look at what God can do. So we are fully persuaded. That's what our our blissful countenance is all about. We're fully persuaded that God is capable of performing everything that he promised. And and if we will believe, that's all we need to do. Leave the performance up to God. You know, you're not confessing to get him to do something. He's done it already. He's fully he's fully capable of performing. So mostly let your confession be to help you. Maybe it'll help you to believe a little bit more. Amen or should. That's really why we confess the word. It's to reiterate in our, let our, oh, our ears hear it. Amen. Cause that's how faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if, if we will believe, but leave the performance to God, don't try to perform, let God do it. Abraham found out that he could not perform the promises of God, but it was a day of, of liberation for him. For, so the day that you acknowledge your weakness is the day you're set free. The day you don't have to worry about, am I doing this enough? That am, am I doing this right? Am I doing that wrong? Amen. The Holy Spirit instructs us in the, in the how-tos. So there again, your weakness becomes strength because you acknowledge it before him. And just let him have these things. Let him grab onto these things. And he will allow, he will allow you to get understanding, to get peace, whatever you need to get. He'll, he'll allow you to get it. So when Abraham found that out, he was able to relinquish his desire for Ishmael to be the heir. Amen. 
Sometimes we want our stuff to work anyway. Amen? We just want it to work. Because, well, oh God, if I have to learn one more thing. What do you mean? This is wrong. Oh boy, here I go again. I got to start all over again. Know how we gripe. And you're not doing anything. All you're doing is is getting on the right track again. Amen? On the right road. It's, you know, don't be a, a temper tantrum person you know it like uh parents when they when you when you uh put your kid on the bike for the first time and they're scared to death got training wheels too it's like okay how scary can this be but they're scared it's something new and so you put them put it you know they get mommy 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 daddy 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 y'all want to go in and put your feet up and Johnny don't want to ride his bike by himself. And then one day, he starts getting the hang of it. And you come out there and see him wobbling a little bit, and you go, stop. Get off of me. I know how to do this. You know? They throw another kind of tantrum. Well, that's what we do. You know, we know our stuff is raggedy anyway. You ain't getting nowhere with the little bit of raggedy faith you're using. God comes along to try to steer, just put your wheels back up on the sidewalk. You know, you run off over into the dirt. That's why you can't go nowhere. And mom or dad come out and try to get you back on the pavement. You, and then you start crying and fold your arms and mad. You don't want to go nowhere now. Amen? And so did we do that with God. We didn't got our three steps off brother so-and-so's tapes. And we want that to work for us instead of going to God and letting him enhance our blessedness. <laughs> he just He's just trying to expand your knowledge of how blessed you are. That's all. When you get over in the ditch somewhere and he has to come and rescue you, that's him showing you how blessed you really are. You don't have to do anything but sit there and wait for me to come. Wait for daddy or mama to come get you out of the rut that you're in. And, and you'll be fine. And so many times we, we overlook God's desire and his willingness to be our rescuer, to be our helper, to be the one that we can lean on and depend on. You know, we, we think, we think we're feeling better about ourselves because of our fake understanding of our ability amen you feel confident that you know last prayer you prayed worked fine and it's got to work this time too amen and then some glitch happens and you got to cry out to god and he comes along and shows you i got a better way yet you think you know all this stuff he said i'm the one that's been doing it all anyway amen and i'm letting it work for you and so it's God that lets our prayers work. He ministers over our confession. We're not pulling all the muscle in the spiritual realm. We're just being guided and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so God performed his promise to Abraham by himself. God promised himself by himself that he would never leave us or forsake us. He, he fulfilled an oath and a promise to us. He swore by himself, because he could swear by no higher, that he would do this himself. All we had to do was believe. 
and just follow his guidance through life. Amen? We'll have to do a whole lot of nothing. So, so just as Jesus fulfilled all the law, he discarded all of our works of the law as unacceptable so that he could provide us with a higher realm of living. The, the bliss life is a higher realm of living, period. Amen? Because there's no effort here on our part except to always stay close to God, to reach out to him, to do things by his spirit. You know, if, if we learn how to get God involved in everything, you know, before we take off doing stuff, you know, like if we would take the time to worship him for a little while, you know, before you open your Bible, before you, God, I just want you in on this. I'm not just reading to get my 15 minutes in or my three chapters done today. I want you in on this. I want you to show me what you have for me. I want you at that table across from me. I'm, I'm partaking of the food that angels eat. And so I want to have that with you in the presence of you. Amen. And so when we, we understand how much God wants to be involved in the author of our blessedness, I think we'll be more comfortable filling him in on things. We'll be more comfortable allowing him to come in. We'll be more comfortable uh, letting him show us all of the things that we he has in store for us. I think sometimes we don't. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Why don't you ask? Sometimes because we scared an answer. Oh no, I ain't gonna move. Oh, no, last time I asked God for something, it cost me plenty. Huh? <laughs> so even though He lives in us, we hide from Him. Huh? We don't want to expose our weakness to the light. We don't want to expose our need out to the open. We don't want to, you know, pray that prayer, do that ask. Some things we're comfortable asking for, some things we don't. The Bible says if if anybody lacks wisdom, that's the one thing the Bible guarantees you get it liberally. They don't say that about money. It don't say that about things, but it says that about wisdom. And it says he'll give it to you liberally and won't rebuke you for asking for it. So many times the missing ingredient is the wisdom of God that we lack to be able to make it through these times where we're perplexed about things or we don't understand things. And we'll run around and do our little prayers and hallelujahs and and. Hope God don't wake up and respond to it so we can run off and go do something else. Cause Lord, if you keep me here another five minutes, I'm gonna run out of time. Huh? And so we need to get comfortable letting Him be our blessedness. Just that contact with Him be our blessedness. I was thinking about the other day and I was, I think I might have mentioned I, I kind of get nervous about, oh boy, if I've misplaced my glasses, where are they misplaced this? Lisa? And so I, I can, I can sometimes sense when God is, is playing with me. See, that's something that's an uncomfortable thought for most of us. But I, I, 
hey, remember having my, I have two door, garage door openers. For some reason, they're both in my car over the visor. So I guess if I could see them all the time and touch them, I know I got them. You know, they're not lost. I got them. And so um, one of them was missing. And I was, I said, oh, God, I got to ask you again to find. I get tired of asking you to find stuff for me. Where's my stuff? Where's my stuff? But, God, I know I need my other garage door opener. And so I was, as I was in my, in, in my car, I was getting out and I open, I keep my purse on the driver's side. Well, I can't lift it from the, my, I mean, I keep it on the passenger. I can't lift it over to me from the driver. It's too heavy. So I always go around and open that door and, and open it out from the outside. And I open the door and <laughs> there's my, garage door open you know that little pocket on the side of the door it's just dangling there and I heard God laugh and I said come on God he said yeah it's that simple he said I am here to help you I said but God you got better things you know how it is don't look for my garage door opener that's menial work for God well he doesn't mind helping you find your stuff he'd rather me, me find, him find it for me and have me in hysterics wondering where it is all day long. See, that disturbs his peace. He lives in me and he gotta live, live with me being hysterical all day long. Amen? I guess that's why he likes us postmenopausal. <laughs> Instead of pre or mid. Amen? He said, I got you this old so you can have peace and I can live in peace in you. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm hysteric all over the place. So anyway, those are things, those are, to me, those are rich things. And I know what he's doing. He's getting me to the point where I'm more comfortable telling him everything. And I'm more comfortable asking him for everything. Instead of having these little dark doors that I think are secrets and he don't know what's going on. You know, if you, if you confess it and bring it out to the light, then he can answer and deal with it very peacefully. But many times we keep it away from God because we're, number one, we're afraid it might cost us something to get it done. It's like, what's going to be my investment? Like, for instance, God, I want, I want this, that, or the other. Well, there's something you're going to have to do. We always think it's too hard. You know, or, or, Lord have mercy, I don't want to go down that road no more. Last time I asked God for something, it cost me like three years of believing. Confession, my tongue was dry and then some. Fell out one day. You understand what I'm saying? We always think the price is too high. Or we won't be able to pay it. Or he's going to give us something to do that's uncomfortable. Whatever he gives us to do, he does the heavy lifting. It's a thing, it's a spiritual thing that it's never a natural thing that it's never going to cost us more money. He knows better. Ask the saints for more money? Seriously? And so really he, he will give us the things, but he wants more than anything, he wants relationship. He wants to be able to fill us with wisdom. And see, the older I get in the Lord, the more valuable I know wisdom is. You know, it it just, it's something that will save you trouble, time, it saves you everything. 
It's a great investment that God invests in us when he gives us his wisdom. So the, the bliss life is, is, is inner things, folks. It's, it's definitely a state of being right with God, being righteous before God, having right thinking, right understanding, right actions, because right actions follow right thinking. Amen. You won't make any mistakes when you, when you walk with God. And even the things you think don't work out well, he causes them to work anyway. He'd be working all the time on our behalf. So, so don't ever forfeit this natural realm out here. This thing out here is nothing compared to what God really wants to put inside of us. And once he gets it inside you, then you'll see from his vantage point and you'll be able to command the natural to line up with what your inner already knows is supposed to be there for you. It's no problem then once you get the inner workings right. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for goodness and mercy. Those are our portion, Father. We thank you for our portion of goodness and mercy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed. We are sanctified. We are set apart. We are set free. We have a life of bliss in you because it's indescribable what we have, Father. Because you're indescribable. Your love is beyond measure. There's no depth to it. There's no bottom to it. It excels everything and goes beyond the heavens, Father. We thank you for that. It expands far and wide, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord, for your covenant of mercy, extreme mercy for us. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I just bless you, Lord, and I praise you. I thank you, Lord, that we are assembled here according to your will. You brought us here, Father, at this time, for this reason, for this purpose. And we honor you, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that all power is given to you in heaven and in earth. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us the keys to your kingdom. So, Lord, we want to unlock all the kingdom treasure that's needed for us today and for many days to come. So we thank you for that, Lord. We honor you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to give everybody the touch of the master today. Not me touching you, but it's God. Remember that he has everything that you need. He can go beyond what you ask or think. Amen. Don't ask small today. Ask big. Ask for what you need. Expand your faith. Expand your asking. Expand your requesting. He said, ask whatever you will, and I'll give it to you. Those of you who uh, can, why don't you stand in front of your chairs? And-